All right, Steve. We are back with another episode of our podcast. The uh, title of the podcast is Through the Lens of Christ, and uh, the intention with this is that um, we're able to have some good critical dialogue about things that are happening both in culture um, and and also just things that we're processing through as we try to navigate um, the crazy world that we live in. And so how do we, as believers, how do we understand um, how we should see all things, and when we say through the lens of Christ, we're really talking about through the through the mindset, through a biblical world worldview, through the mindset of the gospel, right? How does how does everything that's happening actually, at, in some way, at some point, bring glory to God? And how does it all um, bring our attention and focus back to the work that Christ has done? And that's really hard to do. It's very hard to do, and there's a lot going on right now. So, mm-hmm. so I need help understanding my own life in lots of different ways. So this this little conversation that we have, Adam, helps. Even yes. there, so it's yes. really good. So I'm ready yeah. to dig right in. All right, it's I good. like it. So, and we, and we've not as as we're kind of learning this. Um, I've not done a good job of actually introducing us at the beginning. So, um, we're really just doing this more for our our family, community, church family. So I'm assuming that sure. most people that are um, listening, the three people that have listened, I assume that that they know us. But um, I'm Adam Baker, and if you didn't know me, Steve, that's who I am. Um, so, <laughs> one of the pastors here at Community Church, and. Steve Douster, who joins me, who um, has been here at the church, but been a believer for, I think, 30-plus 30 years. 30 years. I'm just yeah. a member of our church. And a leader. It's, it's a great... Yeah, yes. well, perhaps yes. it's just yep. a fine place to be. Right. So. <laughs> we, we like that. Sure. Um, so, now that we've got that out of the way... Yes. I would talk about the fun stuff. We uh, You sent to me, uh, probably a week ago, um, a book by um, Al Moeller, who... Um, people not familiar with Al, um, Albert, I should say, we're not great friends, right? If, right, so, exactly. But, right. But um, so Albert Muller um, wrote a, a book called The Gathering Storm. Albert Muller is the the president of the, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, um, has a daily briefing podcast, which I think you referenced, I think, in one of our prior podcasts, but yeah. um, uh, definitely intelligent, um, very, very well-read, clearly spirit-driven um, person who's got a great perspective on just what's happening in the world. And so he he wrote a book um, and basically details out uh, chapter by chapter uh, just the different components of culture and saying, well, where do we see this gathering storm? And the idea that, that um, a storm doesn't just normally just show up, right? That, that right. there's actually signs that it's coming, and we then sometimes need to get into the storm cellar, or we, we understand we got to get inside, or it's going to start raining, but there's there's things coming, and we know it. Yeah. Um, and so really, the, the premise of the book is to say, this didn't just happen overnight, right? right? These these things are have been forming, they've been coming, and he really walks through a lot of different components. Uh, we're not going to do a book report, right? We're, right. But I think he brought up some really good ideas that we want to take um, for this week. So for this podcast and for our next one, we want to talk about two of those themes. Um, the first one we'll talk about for this is uh, secularization, um, this idea of um, how are we being impacted by a secular society and what does that look like um and then the second one we'll talk about is the gathering storm in the church um and which i think is obviously very relevant um to what we're doing and and who we are as a body yeah for sure and i think the the title of that book the gathering storm is a reference to world war ii and winston churchill in great britain and then the gathering storm that's coming of of the whole war the whole world at war so it's kind of an ominous reference but one of the things that we also talked about was making sure that we we level set everything in understanding that god's in control of all these things that are happening 
even though this storm is coming, yeah. um, it's not unexpected for God. He's right. He's with us. He understands. Yeah. Um, not only understands, he's dri- He's driving a lot of things that are happening through the storm, yes. so that He would be glorified through it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The gathering storm may be um, imposing and intimidating and, and overwhelming to us. Right. It's not to God. Right, and he's got a purpose behind it, and uh, to drive us away from the love of this world and to mm-hmm. drive us toward a love for him. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so when we talk about the, this idea of secularization, um, the idea that the um, the idea of belief, having a belief in, and we'll say God for now, but really the idea of belief in something, right? We'll even start there. But the idea of having a, a belief in God, the perception has changed over time, and, and we mm-hmm. see it continuing to change. We look at what's happened in, in Europe over the last couple of decades, and we see this idea of a, a very strong post-Christian culture, right. um, and and we shouldn't have put blinders on our eyes and said it's not going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we hide behind the the nationalism approach, the idea of in God we trust, and so we're a Christian right. nation, and therefore, right. and we're not saved by our nationality, right? And right. so love to talk about a little bit is this idea of how do we see secularization working um, around us? What are some of the, the components that uh, um, that the book references in terms of kind of Western civilization, um, and then also kind of historically, where where have we been and where are we at now? Yeah, for sure. So thinking of Western culture in in the, in the terms that the book starts off with, not to yeah. do a book report, but okay. um, but you know it starts off with you know for a long time in many hundreds of years really we have lived in a Christian or a, or an environment that mm-hmm. God is prevalent yeah. that that you know it was it was very difficult not to believe in God at all and so the yes. you know one of the first things that was, is talked about is just the if we're going to go to a secularization, we have to be coming from something, yes. and that that something is is that there is a God, and God's right. in control of something, yeah. and there's some way to connect with Him. Yeah. And that was really the history of of the Western culture yes. for for yeah. hundreds of years. Right, and then that started changing. Yeah. Uh, the The book actually talks about the fact that it would be very difficult not to believe in God yes. a few hundred years ago, almost right. impossible. Everyone had a reference to a creator. Right. And it, the, the words, the, the descriptor is the impossibility of unbelief. Right. Right, that, that, that it would have been unheard of to not have some belief in, and again, not necessarily a right belief. Yes. Right? We're not talking about a right understanding of God and Christ and all those aspects, but right. a belief in something else, acknowledging that we're not the end result of nothing and that we're not um, uh, the best that is to come, right? That mm-hmm. that it's not about us and that there's something else. Yeah. And there, that at a point, just a few hundred years ago, it would have been impossible to think otherwise, right? That right. that there is a creator, there is a God. Right. The, go ahead. Yeah, so yeah, I was going to say, so so Western civilization has often been tied to the Christian church or, or, or some sort of a, a, an offshoot of the Christian church, mm-hmm. and that over time has changed. So, so having a concept of a framework in place of God, belief, deity, moving away from that towards secularism, which is really the absence of that. Yes. So moving yeah. away from that, and the more secular we become, the less that God is playing a role in our lives in the culture. And yes. we can see it gradually, or we can see it in big events that have happened. Yep. You know, for example, back before the Reformation, it's it's the Roman Catholic Church. Yes. There is, there is yep. really not much of another church. And then we have the Reformation that happens, and things get broken up, yep. but there's still a Christian church in various forms, yep. in various purity and impurity, 
and then moving into the French Revolution, the Enlightenment, all of these big events that are catalysts for secularization. Yes. And then even now, we've, we're, we're in this catalytic stage as well, where things are moving at a rapid pace. Right, yet. right. Because we see that we've moved from this impossibility of unbelief into this possibility of unbelief, yes. right? That, that we've moved into, you know what? Do I have to believe that there's something else? Right. And, and we've seen some of this with the um, modernization of, of really intellect, right? That we've, we have the advancements that have been made over the last 150 years. Uh, um, I, I believe the number is that almost 4,000 years worth of advancements have happened in the last 150 years. Oh, for sure. And, and that yeah. is, I mean, that's impressive, right? And pat ourselves on the back because of how smart we are and how bright we are and how much advancement we've had. Do we really need a creator, God? Does there have to be something else? Right. And I think we see now this creeping in 100 years ago or so, this, do I have to believe? Right. Right. So there's a. I mean, historically, and oh man, I I wish I would have studied history more when I was younger, but I, yeah. I didn't, and so I'm always at this disadvantage of trying to catch catch up. Yeah. But thinking of competing worldviews. So if we think about it in those terms, we had this well, God-centered or God worldview, if you will, or some sort of a deity kind of worldview at first, yeah. and then competing worldviews with the French Revolution, the Enlightenment. Now we've got these competition, as you mentioned, in worldviews. And then, you know, I think of when you think about this big change in the last 150 years or so, you know, you've heard the statement that, like, everything we use today was invented, like, back in the late 1800s or early 1900s, and we just find new ways to apply what they learned. Yeah. So thinking of they, even that time, there was a a big optimism in in the modernist movement, thinking we can fix this stuff ourselves. We have the inventions, we have the resources. We're smart and getting smarter, and so we can create what we need in order to fix the problems of man. And and then you know, kind of World War II happened. Yes. You know, that was that was the thought even after World War One, because thinking of the World War One, it was the war to end all wars. And then, you know, just a couple of decades later, really, things start heating up again. Yeah. World War II happens, and yeah. then you get this big problem of, oh, it's not working out the way we actually thought. Right. And then moving into yeah. into a postmodern situation where there's, like, no objective truth. No one, no one knows how to attach anything to anything real. And it just keeps on moving. Right, right. Yeah, and, and we talk about that, how quickly that advancement has happened from a technology perspective, but also from a thought process perspective. Right. I mean, you go back to the the beginning, right? We, we reference back in the Old Testament and even, even kind of what we see before, because um, there's a lot of history that happens outside of Scripture, right? I mean, we, we get a vision sure. of, but when we see what's happening outside of Scripture with the Mesopotamians and, and some of the, the cultures that are happening um, at the same time, they still, while while the God is not their God, right? They still have images of a God, right? right? They still have a belief in something. You move into even New Testament times, and culturally, you believed in something, right? right? There were there were temples to everything, and so you believed in something. So it wasn't weird that the that the Israelites in the Old Testament believed in their God, right? It wasn't weird that they believed in a God. Their problem was is that they believed their God was the God, which he is. And so, but to culture, that was where the the rub was, right? right. That our God's better than yours because he's the God. Right. But it wasn't that they believed in a God. You get into the New Testament, it wasn't that they believed in a resurrected Christ. It wasn't that they believed in Jesus. It was that they claimed he was the only way. Right. And so it, it would have been okay if they just said, no, he's just another way. Right. right. He, but it was no, he's the only way. So 
you fast forward to where we're where we're coming out of in the time we're talking about, we move, we blow past the idea that there's an assumed belief mm-hmm. into now going, maybe there doesn't need to be a belief. Right. And and then we we move into where we're at today, which is what's referenced in, in the book again is the impossibility of belief. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's really I mean, if if you talk about uncomfortable conversations, you start talking about your faith in Christ, not just a, a belief in God or something else, but a faith in Christ. But even just a belief in something else is met with really. Right. Really. Well, it can be met with, you know, really, really like, you know, it's impossible to believe. Who are you to, to make those statements? And, and a lot of it is, who are you to say there's some sort of outside authority that I should be listening to? Yeah. Or another case could be, you know, you believe that, you're a dangerous person. Yes. Because now now you have ideas that are countercultural or contrary to society or worse yet, uh, counter-governmental. Yes. And, and all yep. of a sudden, you've got the government against you. Right. And certainly, we see that in communist countries on occasion, yep. or regularly, <laughs> and, right? And, yep. and we're seeing hints of it even, you know, even in our own culture. The movement is that way, yes. to where even yeah. just it's just a, a vague understanding that there might be a God, and he might have some, um, some control or some authority, and that's yes. repugnant to people. Because we're problem. the authority, right? It goes, right? it goes back to the fact that we're... We're smart and we're capable and we're able and and right. I'm I'm enough. Right. So, who are you to tell me I need something else? Right. And I, th- I even think of you know the the modernist movement, you know the scientific discoveries and using science to drive forward in culture. Well, now it's all individual, right? Yes. We we are self defined. Right. We can see that in the LGBT issues. Where I'm, yep. I'm defining myself, who I am. I right. define my own authority structure. I I say right. what I want. I do what I want. And, yeah. and it's just a matter of pleasing me. And, and when we have that in silos with every individual person, our, yeah. our society starts to come unglued. Yeah. And it, it becomes yeah. unglued not just because of that. It's because it's, it's contrary to its design yeah. and because and, there is a designer. And you, you brought up the LGBTQ aspect about identity. Yeah. And I think that that I'd, not just talking about it within that framework, but I think your point about identity is our big problem. It's right? a huge that, problem. That we don't, regardless of how you identify sexually or gender-wise, we're we're defining who we are, and we're mm-hmm. identifying in certain ways, and we're we're then deciding what I should believe. And and I I, I keep going back to scripturally where this idea of identity is is really framed up for us. We see it in, in Jeremiah where he talks about how how we're knit together, right? And we're right. we're formed and, and the imagery that's that's used is that and, and we see it again in Psalm 139, but the imagery that's used is that God is fashioning us, right? It's this mm-hmm. potter clay, right? right? And right. so he's fashioning us, he's making us. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, we talked about it before, but in in His image, right, yes. being shaped and made in the in the potter in God's image, right. and then so we then look at that and say we're flawed in some way, so we have to fix it. The problem is what's inside of us, not what's outside of us, right? Sure. Meaning our how we're formed, right? The problem is what's in us has been fallen. Yes, it's been broken, and so we then search so many different ways for identity. Because we don't have an identity, right? right? Our our identity is wrapped up in our Creator, but if we're lost, we don't know that, Correct. and so we're seeking that. 
Right. So, so I think in our natural state, we, we self-seek our own identity anyway. This is our natural bent. But our culture tells us that's where we should seek it too. So it's, yes. it's doubly reinforced. It's reinforced myself. And then the culture says, look inside yourself. Look inside. There's, there's the good that's within you yes. or, or the person that you are. You'll find him inside. Just, just self-reflect. And, and the Bible teaches the exact opposite of that. We're to look outside of ourselves for absolute truth and understanding. And God is who defines us. We don't define ourselves. And, and same thing about coming to faith in Christ. We don't self-save. We, we, we find there's a problem in the world, there's a problem with us, but we're not the ones that can fix the problem. It's from without. God actually enters into our lives, enters into our hearts, and changes us um, through faith, repentance, and in a changed life. He, he does all those things for us, and he's the actor, and we're not. Right. And, and the, the image we get from a, a salvation perspective in Scripture is not that he's redeeming the outside, right? He's not changed. He's redeeming all of us, but he's not. he didn't transform the outside of us. When you became a believer, people didn't look at you and go, oh, that's really cool. You got that third eye, right? Yeah, right. You you got that, yeah, yeah. right? It's like, right. like oh, uh, clearly he, God changed. No, the change is in us. Right. And we're culturally, we're at a time where we're fighting again. Nobody changes me. Right, I, right. I no authority me. outside myself. Right, and so how how do we ever come back to a place where God is leading? We're brought to Him in reconciliation through His Son. If we don't desire to have an identity outside of us, and it's a challenge. It's a real challenge. So so what we have to have is someone or some thing that can speak to us which is where evangelism comes in. Mean, we're jumping all over and moving yeah. through this, but, yes. but this is where evangelism and the church yeah. comes into play. So, so certainly we can witness one-on-one evangelize, but God's given us the church to model what it's like to live the Christian life here on earth. The church is the big evangelistic organism that God's yes. put together, yeah. and, and our job is to get people to see that. And our job as a church is to live that out as a church family in everything that we do. So our last podcast, talking about the gospel, representing the gospel in multiple ways, in all kinds of different contexts in all that we do, yes. whether it's singing, preaching, talking, relationships, work, um, how is the gospel relating in that? So why don't we jump along? We jumped a long way we from. We seem to do this a lot, which yeah. which I don't think is yeah. a bad thing. Right. But um, but yeah, we we move pretty fast in these podcasts, we do. and we um, do. I, did, I, I yep. hope it's okay for most people, <laughs> right? But we can always fill in some blanks too. Well, so. we d- definitely. Which yeah. you know, the encouragement would be as we get feedback that somebody would say, "Hey, you talked about this, but I'd love to hear more about." Oh, that'd be right? awesome. Yes, we'd love that. Yep. I do have one question because we're gonna we're gonna end this one and then we're gonna move into the the idea of, of church. But sure. um, you talk about identity and we talk about it being that we're seeking an identity. Mm-hmm. Then you talked about this aspect of church and evangelism. Yeah. And I just think it's a a it triggered a, a, a thought in me. Right? Is where do we best see our identity? And so we see that played out, or we should see it played out in the body of Christ, right? Yeah, if that's if if we're to have the identity of Christ, I'm not going to be the full identity of Christ, correct. right? Where do I see the full identity of Christ is in the body of Christ, which is the church, right? And then that's why it's so critical that when I think that's part of we've talked about it before, but the idea why it's so critical that we need to be engaged as a body of believers yeah. is because our identity needs to be found in Christ, and we're going to see that most clearly. In his body, yes, here on here on earth. Right. So, so the absolute perfect place to see 
Christ and in, in, in our identity is by studying Christ. Yeah. So studying the Word, yeah. knowing Jesus, and that re- that reflection that we see, we can see Him, and we're changed by looking at Him. Yes. Um, First Corinthians, yeah. I think. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's it's looking at Christ, and we're changed by that, and that's the way that that's the way that we become more like Jesus. And then you're right, living out in the body, none of us is the complete. None of us is the complete Christ. Right. Uh, we need one another, and yes. we need we all complement one another in the body, and and we want to make sure that we're in the body, that we're loving Christ, we're being changed by Him, and engaged with our church, and then we can move out from there. And the idea, I think, in evangelism is to draw people into church, um, not necessarily being a, a evangelist person myself, although that comes into play, yeah. but also drawing them into the church with that is is critical. Right. Right, and the, and to bring it all together, we're saying yes. that that secularization is on a fast track, yep. and we are moving on a path where um, this idea that there used to be a, a, an assumption of belief, and now there's almost an assumption of unbelief, or at least that's coming faster. Yep. The only way we're going to combat secularization is if we, as believers, continue to get deeper in the Word, yep. stronger in our faith, and more united as a body, so that we can reflect the identity. Of Christ, yeah, that's that's imperative because the the culture is pressing on us all the time, so it's a constant battle. Very good. All right, thanks, Steve. Oh, thank you. Yeah.